Okay, tonight on Crest, Tom and I spoke to Lantwit's finest, Mark Vaughan, about Lantwit, contest successes, contest failures, and everything in between. And most importantly, board shorts. Why on earth does he wear them into the middle of winter? Talking up tonight. things Mark? Very good thank you very much Tom. A bit sunburned. <laughs> it was a bit uh, windy and a bit sunny. That's a nice problem to have. Uh, yeah. We're going to be hearing plenty from you shortly uh, but before that Rob good to see you again after your rafting and camping trip to the City Isles. Yeah thank you. Actually it got cancelled Tom. Oh and no. Yeah I got called back into work with the uh, oh. the reintroduction of children into schools unfortunately so the, uh, the City Isles will have to wait but uh, let's move on to intros, and before we get into our guests, to my left, it's the Surfing Fraternity, or Sorority's first recipient of the AUK Award, that's the Order of the Welsh Commonwealth, for his services to talking. Yes, always keen to spin a yarn, he was bestowed with this honour by the King of Wales, Mark Drakeford, at a ceremony held in the Newydd Fawredog room at the Senedd building in Cardiff Bay last weekend. We are not worthy. It's Tom Anderson. How are you, Tom? I'm all right. Well, actually, um, I'm going to do some talking this time. I think mine's going to come in a bit longer than yours. To my right, uh, it's the inventor of the left-handed beer cooler that was rejected by the Dragon's Den pre-show research team, only to be taken up by American comedy actor Will Ferrell. You may have heard of the latter's hit Netflix movie, Eurovision, and that it was over five years in production, but what isn't so well known is that it was a lengthy flirtation with the tale of the Kyleon Cooler's persistence and dedication, which had so captured Farrell's imagination to the point of distraction. In the end, sadly, the Newport option fell through uh, as only Owen Wilson was available to play him, uh, and both a Netflix blockbuster and a Welsh surfing podcast were duly conceived. I know which project is the more important. It's Robert Webster Blythe. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Right, so, Vaughan, what happens here now? Right, right okay. Before, before... I, I guess I'm not meant to comment at those points. No, you are meant to comment now, right? Cause, oh, cause, okay. Because what's going to happen uh, here is... Like, who's the winner? Like, yeah, it's yeah. a competition. So far, Rob's actually got a 2-0 lead, so I'm hoping yeah. you're going to throw me a lifeline here. I mean, he did say I was going to talk a lot, and I did talk a lot. Uh, Tom, it's, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's just like, you shot yourself in the foot. <laughs> it's it's a straight Rob, hands down, no question. Straight. Oh, <laughs> This Thanks is actually going to run on now. It's going to, the running joke is now going to be the guest giving it to Rob. Uh, mate, have, you, have you ever seen the question of sport when Phil Tufnell always loses to, uh, <laughs> what's his name, Cheeky Chappy? Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I, I, that, I that is you. You are I don't now know if I adopted. Want to be Phil Tufnell. But, yeah, well, uh, you, 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 you are Phil Tufnell. Unfortunately for you, Rob, you're now Matt Dawson. Matt, Matt Dawson. Gosh. Yeah. Oh, Matt, oh, yeah but, you know, nice. here's a British lion. First off, then, uh, welcome, Mark. Uh, Thank you very much, Rob. This is your first. 
full exposure to the Crest experience, having, of course, tribu- contributed to our Surf Trip Nightmares episode. It's yeah. lovely to have you with us. It's nice to be uh, sat alongside you, gentlemen, looking very tanned and bronzed. And oh, cheers. Uh, as Rob mentioned in the intro, we're really looking forward to this one, but we're a little nervous that we're not going to be able to fit it all in, so I suspect that uh, you might be a return visitor to uh, Crest Towers uh, in the future at some point. Okay. And, yeah, in the spirit of another Welsh seaside tale, to begin at the beginning, Mark, Lantwit, quite the place mm. to grow up. So tell us about your route into surfing. Uh, route into the surfing was through uh, a mate of mine I was in school with, and um, he was buying a board off uh, Jock, um, Mark Jones Boner. He's got a guy with a million nicknames, but I think everyone knows him. And uh, he had a he was buying a fluoro board off Jock, and um, I went along for the ride, and um, I was like, "Wow, that looks cool!" And ended up buying my mate who was buying Jock's board, his board off him, which is like a seven O blue and white pop out lightning bolt um, single fin, which uh, I was only twelve, maybe thirteen, nineteen eighty seven. Now <laughs> we're talking, uh, and it was yeah, it was way too. I couldn't even get my arm around it to carry it, so it was nicknamed the Titanic. Uh, it's quite an amusing story because it, it went through quite a few hands within the Lantwit surfing community. And one of the boys, Lee, he, he had it off me for a while and uh, he lost it. <laughs> High tide Lantwit, he just gave up, couldn't get in and just so let it go to, out to sea. Like a Viking. Yeah, it came back the next day. It was on the high tide line. <laughs> so he got it back. It was like, it was, a, yeah, it was the, the, the yeah. Do it you was, know where it is now? I, I just, I don't know. It's, it's, uh, it should be in a museum or locked away. It's, it wasn't safe. It, it actually responsible for my first nose break as well. So, um, yeah, my first nose break. But, yeah, it was inaptly named the Titanic because it didn't actually <laughs> sink. It returned. So there we go. Lantwit, there's quite a variety of ways at Lantwit. So you grow, you know, you live in surf there, you start. In the beach, I'm assuming, Atlanta. That's where someone who's a complete beginner would start, right? Yeah, you stand on the, what's known as the beach, which is the sandy little bit of uh, that we have on the right-hand side, just at low tide, which the sand comes and goes. It's really sandy at the moment. Um, but it's but as soon as you can basically get to your feet, you've got what's known as the left-hand side, which is the right-hand point break, which is nice long wall in right, easy to get to your feet. It's, it's not hollow. It's a really good introduction when you're at that beginner level to get used to going along the wall and you know you can clock up a fair bit of time on your feet which is you know by Welsh standards if you're surfing somewhere like rest yeah um, it takes a lot longer to get that sort of time on the board so yeah and then you've got that peak in the middle as well yeah the point you know has been used in uh, a couple of comps people are also famous for its very strong rip yep if you put all those waves together then do you think that there's a particular sort of Lantwit type of surfer that comes from, from you know when you add those waves together, yeah. what's it do to a surfer? I think it's uh, you'd certainly learn to cut back and paddle. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's something, especially the goofies. You know they've all got a pretty strong. If you go through all the goofies in Lantwit, they're going to all come off <laughs> come off the, the, the heels and rebound off the white pretty pretty well. And uh, I know I think um, we we were lucky with the variety of waves because even at other stages of the tide. It, it, constantly changes you've got the ledges and even some ways that we didn't know about like mini chokes which <laughs> is just like a mm. shoulder high little five second tube and high tide does some funky things but yeah the, the land to it surfer is generally i think we've got a high standard and i think the wave quality is uh, is as a result because when it's on it's it's really really good ways mm. absolutely and talking about 
as you said, there's quite a few talents coming out of Lanswit, and there's been many over the years. When you first started, like you said, back in '87, <laughs> yeah, was it? Was there anyone in particular back then, right at the beginning, that you looked up to? I, I think I, guess, uh, I kind of fell into surfing by chance, and I didn't really know anyone that surfed other than my mate that was buying this board, and um, so. But within a, you know, Andrew Staples was like the kingpin at the time. Nails, he was sponsored by Two's company, and uh, he was kind of the, the golden boy Lancet surfing. And you had Morgan Williams as well, and of course, you know, the Bright brothers, Colin and Gwyn. And Colin was already off to Europeans and even world championships. And uh, yeah, so he was, you know, the kind of mentor competitively, Colin. And, and there were other guys around at the time that all surfed well. And um, you know, took you under your wing, or I'm not sure anyone took you under my wing more. Yeah, uh, I think the, the having the river very close proximity to where we all used to get changed was um, good. Gromit had uh, uh, abused the zone because <laughs> a man of us had got chucked in there in the winter, or leave our stuff down the beach, it get nicked, and your food eaten, all that kind of stuff. So it was it was good rapport back then, that's for sure. And this is of course a time when you look in the surf media, you look in the mags, you're seeing people like. Mike Slam Lambreezy and you know, <laughs> Bud Llamas and the, and 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 uh, yeah, the Bud Pro Tour. Yeah, like the kind of the web glove contest surfer is the epitome. Richie of Collins, surf glory. <laughs> Richie Collins, yeah, Skeletor. Yeah. Um, so as an aspiring surfer back then, a competition is a very important thing to do, and to you know, and it's the model, isn't it? You get your contest results, you fax them off to some company, you beg them for a sponsorship, and it it kind of runs from there. And of course, cut in Colin Bright. Uh, Atlanta, you know, you had a very successful competitive surfer. By it was was it early nineties when he won the European Masters. Uh, sorry to interrupt there, and just for our younger viewers or listeners, a fax is like an old text. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is true. Yeah, uh, yeah. it's like a telegram. Yeah, yeah. so you telegram so, your contest results in. Well, you still got a fax in work. Yeah. So <laughs> people what, sometimes use. What was your uh, what, what was your first big couple of telegrams that you uh, that you sent off in terms of contest results? Then I think it was, it was weird because Lantwit, firstly, even then, even with Colin, who was very successful, and was the European Staples, champ ninety three. Uh, ninety three up in Thurso, I was yeah. up there for that as master, and that was over thirty fives, but. Lanta is a break. It's a small surfing community, a uh, very big lifeguard community, and they were very successful in their own right. But the surf community was, I, I think, in respects to Porth Call and Swansea, um, we were we were quite kind of the poor relation. But that eighties surf drive, there was a lot of us, and I had a little local success and won a little event, Lanta event, and that at thirteen, fourteen, or whatever it was, that went to my head pretty quickly, and then. In 1989, I won the Welsh National Cadets, which was, I think it was under 15 then, rather than under 16. Um, so then, uh, that was my first fax to uh, Wave Graffiti. Mm-hmm. Wave Graffiti. To Chris Bynan. Chris Bynan and Johnny P. And um, I, I remember it really well, because I got this letter back from them, which was great, and it said, you know, they, they would sponsor me, and uh, that was great. And I kind of misinterpreted the uh, the letter, um, because it said, it said that you'd have, um, it was a 5% discount on your boards. That's all right. But it was, it was like you would pay 95%. So I read that as a grommet and not, <laughs> I can tell I took two attempts to pass maths. <laughs> I read that as a 95% discount. So I was <laughs> all sent to school, all, you know, hey, I got a sponsorship and, uh, I did have a sponsorship of sorts and I was very grateful <laughs> at the time and I still am very grateful to anyone that, 
discounts or provides any kind of uh, services for free, but it did knock me back a bit when uh, I had to write the cheque, or my parents did. <laughs> <laughs> and carrying on in that, that vein about competitions, I, I remember you telling me about a particular contest, presumably when you were a little bit older, the Cornish uh, and Open, where without your knowledge... Um, you had a bit of a run-in with one of the nuclei, didn't you, that would later come back to... Uh, yeah, it was, that was actually the same. That was 1989, because I'd won the... Because uh, I'd won the cadets, I'd, um, Hugh and Linda. But I, I was going as the... There was a Welsh team for the British yeah. Nationals back then. So it was, I didn't really know anyone. Colin was down there and a guy called Nathan Solis, who was kneeboarding from Lanterit. But my parents decided to go to Cornwall for a week's holiday and there was uh, I'd stayed up in Harlin and friends of mine told me about the Cornish and Open so I went down and entered I went through a few heats surprisingly and during one of the heats I was duck diving I slipped off my board and my board unbeknown to me hit one of my fellow competitors now had I realized this I would have obviously apologized but you know, I was in the zone and it was a horrible two three foot windy rainy day and then I came out the the sea and there was a bit of a kerfuffle of all these nuky grommets kind of IME and all this and I just oh, it's just because I was Welsh and you know, a weekend later it was the British Nationals and I'm walking down to a heap with Russell um, and I'd never met Russell and um, he had obviously got wind of what had happened and uh, he just came up to me and, and as we were walking I said do you want to fight <laughs> and I was like now I was only 15 Russell probably would have been his birthday December time I think so he'd have been about 13 yeah. <laughs> so there was a height difference yeah. I wasn't a big guy I was like 5'2 at the best but Russell was probably about 4'10 at that time so uh, I fancied my chances but um, I think <laughs> looking back they probably would have been uh, he probably would have got the better of me then but well, you'd, uh, you'd have had those older brothers backing up <laughs> I didn't even know about the adult <laughs> Older brothers, and so uh, yeah, so that took me back a bit, and um, I think he beat me as well. <laughs> so uh, yeah, first experience of meeting Russell that was classic. And, and then that would go on yourself and Russell Winter to become quite a lengthy sparring uh, partnership or a, or a rivalry through the junior ranks. Uh, and you were teammates in the GB squad together, but you yeah. you uh, can boast a fairly decent record against Russell Winter, can't you? In, in the, my last junior year, I mean, it was... The way the, to qualify for the GB team then, you had, it was over two years. So, and I was a kid that didn't grow until... I mean, you know, I was still at 17, I was five foot nothing, and then all of a sudden sprouted overnight, and that physically gave me a, a, a good advantage in my last junior year that I was able to sort of catch up, and I felt my surfing had progressed a lot. Um... I think the first contest that year didn't do very well, but then there was like four British Cups and the British Nationals, and I, I think, I, I seem to remember, I think I got maybe two or three first couple of seconds, but that first event was awful. So I think, yeah, it was, I, I guess from that year, I, I stopped Russ winning the British Nationals, which must have been <laughs> a nightmare uh, for him, because it was always stepping stones for Russ for go on, to go on to... Well, uh, well, yeah, he, to be fair, he did beat me in the European juniors in the final that year right, so he, yeah. he got his he got his uh, payback but uh, yeah. we had a lot of heats together around that time and of course it's not just the finals it's all the yeah. the lead up heats and uh, I was a bit of thorn in the winter's side for a few years the, the Steve and Dean as well but uh, yeah we had some good heats together and uh, Russell was the incredibly competitive to surf against like just you can see why he did so well yeah. he deserved it because he was yeah, because of Follow. course, you know, this is, this is the guy that goes on to sort of have 
Britain's best record really as a professional surfer, isn't it? You know, in, in terms of like the the sort of singular heights, you know, getting to a semi final at one point in one of the man on man WCT contests. And... I, I mean, I, I think the Russell's progression. We went to the Worlds in '92, as you've mentioned, and you know he was a big name there amongst. I mean, these mm. when the Worlds through the ISA was. You know, it was big names there. I mean, the Aussies were coached Slater by Rabbit. Was in one of them, yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. It was. It was only two years later after Slater went to Japan in yeah. 1990, I think, and that was the last one he did until recently. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like the Lopez's were there. There was all sorts of big names. Uh, Margot was there for Australia. Phipsy, who you know, um, was there for. He made the final. Um, but Russell was. He, he was a really big name, and he. He whilst he, I think, got to the quarters in the world, he then. Like a year later, he was up at that Euros at Colin, won the the Master final, and stitched up by the French there, wasn't he? Uh, yeah, I watched it. it. It was you know that wouldn't happen in today's surfing. Best two, you know, priority. Um, but because yeah. the, three, the three French surfers yeah, organised turns around him, didn't they? They did, and it was small, inconsistent, perfectly clean mm. Thurso. But I remember seeing the French team stood on day one of that contest watching Russia, uh, Russell surf in Akagil. Oh, Akagil, I'm not quite sure how you pronounce it. And he took off on a four or five foot right and just boom, boom, that typical Russell power turn. And I think then the, even the, the French all looked up and took note and they were you know, a good team. Mm. Um, but they, the, he was 17 then, Russell. Uh, and you know he's still only a, a kid. And uh, mm. I think his surfing competitively and his forehand surfing especially I watched a lot of his stuff online you know places like Haliva and Sunset mm, he's yeah. solid and he, he had to surf chokes and big chokes as well yeah. heat and pipe not too many people in Britain can claim no. to have had to do that in a heat yeah and you mentioned was it 92 the first world you went to with him yeah I went I, went, I actually went as a reserve it was it was, it was the full Russell win, uh, sorry the full winter team so you had Russell, right. Dean, Steve, and Mick, Mick and, dad, yeah. and Anita. Um, yeah, it was um, it was an experience. It was a winter family holiday then. Well, it kind of. There was myself, Bartlett, Daz Wright, Gabe Davis, Gabe Davis, Paul yeah. Level, because um, right. Paul had he made the team, and Ben Baird, and I was as a reserve, kind of hoping that somebody somewhere would get hurt or drop out, <laughs> and that, that that didn't materialise. And um, but I I had a, an incredible run, which. Uh, because as I say that ranking system, I was like four hundredth in Britain the previous year, and then all of a sudden I'd won the British, I'd won a British Cup, I come second in another British Cup, I got a Cornish Open final, the Euro Junior final. So it was, it was kind of like, well, we should take Vordy as for the experience, and I think it helped that Hugh and Linda are in charge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, talking of other British team duties, and Ecuador in two thousand and four was a big moment for you, wasn't it? And yeah. Representing your country as an open surfer at the World Games was that a significant goal? I, th- I think for me it was because of the era I grew up in was always that to represent first of all Wales, which you know uh, that was always you know, perhaps you know, the Gareth Bale school of <laughs> the greatest honour maybe, but over the Britain I don't know it's a hard one, but I'd, uh, that was a goal I wanted to tick off. I always wanted to surf for Britain and t- achieve that through my own merit. And um, because I think I'd, I'd missed out so, so you know, kind of cruelly in a way, because on the, the basis of my performance in 92, if it was based on that year, I'd have mm. walked into the team because it was over a two-year period. So 
it took yeah a long time, you know, twelve years later to get it's tough, that chance. It's six open surfers that. Go no, it was four then. Um, four. Um, it was. It went to six, and now it's down to three. Mm-hmm. Um, but and the ISA games had a period of mm, what's going to happen with it, and that Ecuador one was a good example because uh, Hira Tirifan. Tirifan Atufa, yeah, I really struggle with that. Um, it, he he won it in Ecuador. They were the Tahitian team were staying in the same premises, same hotel, and uh, we actually came back from the beach after he won the world. So it was it was pretty sick with all the Tahitians. So uh, yeah, so it was a, it was a, it was a lifetime achievement to get to that world contest on my own merit. So as much of an achievement as winning. The Welsh, so you first won the Welsh in 2006, and then, uh, and then of course, surely this was the more important one, 2011, on home turf and some of the best waves that the Welsh has ever seen. I, th- I think it was 2007, <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, we'll, we'll roll with it. It may have been 2000, I'll have to have a look. Um, but yeah, I think, again, going, growing up, the Welsh was, uh, Greg Owen loves this, because the Welsh for Lantrip people was a weekend away. It was kind of like a national holiday uh, for Atlantic people to go down West Wales, get blind drunk, mate, uh, some surf, some enter the contest and enjoy themselves down West. So, and, you know, it was, I remember seeing Ian Cat Thompson, the first Welsh I ever went to, and I was just like, because he was all over a Wavelength magazine article at the time, and I was just like, wow, Cat Thompson. And, we, me and all, there was a lot of young Atlantic surfers at that time, uh, all similar ages, and we'd just be like, oh wow, just imagine winning the Welsh. And that lit a, certainly lit a fuse uh, for me. And I always figured that after after a few years, when I got older, junior success, that sooner or later I'd win the Welsh. But then it was like, Jesus, it went on a long, long time. Um, longer than I had anticipated. And yeah, it was, I was 32, 3, yeah, 32 years of age, I think, when I won the Welsh, finally. So, and, yeah, I, I remember none of the, my mates were there, none of my family, I don't think, um, but I picked up the, the, the phone on the way back and I rang a couple of really close friends. Like, uh, I think Bateman was there. Uh, he, he was there, actually. So this is a Lantwick legend, yeah. Bateman. Uh, who, and he knew how much it meant to me, and he was actually head judge for the event. And there was, a, there was myself, James Jones, Lloyd Cole and Greg Owen in the final, four goofy foots, sun glaring, three to four foot freshy. And I might be right in saying that all three of those already had a title at that point. I think they did, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was the only one that didn't. Yeah, because James had done the double the year before, and yeah. I, I actually did the double because I didn't the yeah, senior the as well. Yeah, Lloyd through the early 2000s and Greg through the late 90s and the early 2000s, yeah. But my first wave in here, I did a few wiggles at one of those low tide mid, middle bay, a few wiggles at the back, managed to get the reform through the inside, a couple of hits, and I had a little cover up. And that cover-up was a defining moment because the judges couldn't quite decide. We're who on was... best two waves at this point, aren't we? In uh, no, I think I might have been best three still then. Best may three. may I may have gone to best. Oh, two. We'd be right in the in the Ooh, deep, deep, I'd, deep. I'd have to check. Have to yeah, check. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. But it was the judges were kind of like they couldn't decipher because we're all pretty similar, mm. you know, yeah. uh, styles and sizes. And uh, anyway, Bateman knew could decipher it was me could by the style and then as I came out he's like taught me through your first wave and that was yeah that was a defining moment but it was a monkey off my back massive massive it was the most incredible feeling I ring, rung the boys I rung Jock uh, and my brother my dad mum everyone and 
Yeah, straight to the bed. <laughs> Big lantern. The holiday weekend. Yeah, booze up. Did that feel as good as the 2011 one when it was at home? I mean, I remember you were absolutely stoked in 2011. Uh, yeah, I mean, that one, again, we, that was a weird one because the Welsh had been split because it was a poor forecast over the traditional bank yeah, holiday. Yeah, so the juniors ran one week, didn't they? Yeah, and we had to run the juniors because there was a Euro juniors or something going on. Mm. And... Um, we also ran the masters being and the over somethings because a lot of them took the kids to the, the nationals. So I won the over 35s and then I was we ended up running the, the second part of the Welsh nationals, the, the senior events, if you like, the open events, um, at Lantwit because the forecast was horrendous for freshy on the Saturday, small tides. Um, and it it, were, it was, I think, it was the only time it's been moved from freshy, maybe mm-hmm. apart from Manaby or that, that area for ever. And um, yeah, it was it was great. I had a, had a good run, but uh, this is me. I I I'd surfed the senior final first. I had some like six seven heats that day, and with the land to it rip on the on the mm. Sunday finals, it was beautiful. We were actually weather. talking about that senior final on the last episode last week with Gwen Spurlock. Actually. Ah, the right, okay. Before. I haven't because I, I'm yet um, to listen. <laughs> yeah, no, Gwen was in the week before, wasn't she? And we were talking about it. Um, and I was making a call that Nick Reed's performance in that seniors final earlier that day yeah. was as dominant as I've ever seen. You know, And then, of course, later on, it got a little bit smaller for the Open final, didn't it? And you took to the air, I think. I, and, and... I think that senior final grated me because I come second. Yeah. And I, the Open final, I kind of came. I only got two ways because I was exhausted yeah. and trying to double up, which... Uh, and you did go to the air, or did you? Do, I did think you I might have done it. Yeah, I, I did a lot. I, I got a wave at the last, the second wave. I did a number of sort of yeah. quite, you know, I was quite into doing my tail slides, going backwards for a bit, and then bringing yeah. around. I did maybe may have done an air prep Because at that point, Lloyd Cole would have been in the lead, and then you sort of took it from him. At the yeah, back, I, yeah. My, I, my brother was in the final. Yeah, you know that. Yeah, that, was, yeah. that that was the perhaps yeah the, the not to be guff because he's my brother, and I, would, I actually, there was one point in that heat, I was like, there was a right came through, and I could have gone, and I was like, no, nah, i let Guff have it, because I knew he'd love that on his forehand, and uh, uh, but, and I, I spent, but I got this one that was, I think, I think a few of the judges got a bit carried away, he gave it a nine or something, and yeah, and that was amazing, but I'd missed that, Nick, Nick Reed <laughs> spoiled my <laughs> treble dream. <laughs> so by by one place, and that that knocked me. It still does. I'm still like, how did I not manage to win that heat? But, so you get in a rhythm with Lantert, and that's that's the. It was a count back as well. Your win over Lloyd Cole in that. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. It was super tight. And Jamie look, Bateman was off with Anne Blythe. Rob's uh, look, yeah. looking, looking up the rules on count backs. They were. Well, I, I thought I'd done... I didn't even think I was in for a chance. Yeah. I thought I'd come third, maybe fourth. So when the result was announced, that there was nobody more surprised than me. So, uh, yeah, it was it was pretty sweet. But it was a weird one because the waves were pumping that day. It was like they three, were. four foot, super clean, boiling hot, a total roll reversal the day before. Yeah. And everyone that was associated with the contest was just like... Let's wrap it up and oh, get yeah. down the coast and people oh, we were, were, like, we were in scare within an hour <laughs> yeah. of that position, yeah. So I remember being sat on the beach exhausted and it was just like sort of people you know, an hour later like nothing had happened. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it was yeah. a strange feeling, but sweet all the same. Brilliant. And to take it back a little bit, back to the, the World Games in two thousand and four, that qualification, you you said how much it meant to you, but that qualification was a long time coming, wasn't it? And is there anything in particular that you cite as being responsible for that had 
Had I, anything changed in your surfing? Uh, yeah, I, I, it's. I mean, my life. I started working at seventeen. One day after my seventeenth birthday, uh, on a Monday, and that was it. I've been in work full time ever since. Um, so I hadn't had that opportunity to travel and do the thing that a lot of people get to do and spend a, a year going around Ozindo and all those well-trodden paths and you know a summer in France and, and, and Europe so I'd never managed to be able to do that um, and it, it always felt that at events it was always a catch-up kind of thing you know I'd arrive I'd come from work I'd be there in the morning it was always a rush uh, was most people have been there for a week so I that just before I think 2002 I went I had I took a three month break from work I kind of begged the old man for, for, for a bit of uh, uh, you know some much needed time away it was hard seeing you know a lot of, of course, friends yeah. and my, my brother was travelling as well then he, he'd been away for a uh, I'm not quite sure how he managed to get out of it, but he, probably because he did much better in school with me. So the younger <laughs> yeah. Your brother Gareth Guff was employed in the same company. Yeah, yeah, but perhaps he had more uh, faith in his abilities to go and travel the world, and uh, and uh, you know, was or a stronger he, or he was character. More dispensable, perhaps. <laughs> no, he's he's just as uh, required as I am. But uh, I, I think um, that I spent three months away. My surfing progressed. I surfed with a lot of good people uh, and in the Byron area in Australia and uh, and you know Superbank and then went to Indo with Nathan a, a, a 10 maybe 21 days on a boat in Mentawis and cruising around with a oh, yeah we were with a, a real international group of you know a couple of people from uh, South Africa Portugal J Japan Hawaii America um it was re really good surfers but that takes you know and you surf with good yeah. people it sort of yeah. brings you on and uh, so then the following year I was started competing more again and uh, I had a good year you know I got a semi-final I think I made the final the Welsh that was my first one I think Rhino beat me and then made the I think it was the semis maybe the final the British Nationals and Open and then went to the Euros in Gran Canaria um, and yeah that was I'd just gotten a real role there there was really really good teams there from all the the Portuguese, Spanish, French, they had full teams. I think there's Israeli team, Adi Guska, uh, yeah. he was there, and those sorts of people. Uh, Marlon Lipka, you know, all, all, all sorts. And I managed to get to the... I was still in the main event of, of that at the semi-finals um, when they, they had to call the event off due to a sewage outlet breaking due to flooding in Gran Canaria. When does that happen? And um, But that put me in a good... I remember ranking, and I was doing the UK Pro Tour thing. That was that was uh, you know I was sitting pr pretty high on that at the time, top six or eight. So yeah, they, I managed to fall into the British team. So that was uh, as a result of that. So it was, it was pretty good timing, really. <laughs> that that boat trip you're talking about, um, long time, twenty one days. Mm. I didn't realise it was that long. Did, did you go a bit tropo after? Because I've heard people say the sort of 10, 12 is about optimal. It, it takes, I mean, I had, fortunately I'd done a boat trip before in 96 with a lot of the Welsh boys oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, in Mentaris and early days in the Mentaris, that was amazing. Uh, so I knew what to expect. And when we did that boat trip, it was really quite a small boat. <laughs> and yeah. um, when we went on this one, it was 21 days on the, this a much bigger boat. It's still small confinement. And uh, being with Nath, I travel a lot with Nath and... Yeah. Uh, and it was we had some flat days you know, we sailed a lot 
Uh, <laughs> it was like two, three days where we didn't surf. Mm. Like, we climbed Krakatoa one day yeah. uh, because there was nothing else to do. And, um, you know, it's a volcano and yeah. it was boiling hot under your feet. <laughs> so that was random. I, I think one of the things that, you know, I want to congratulate you on about that boat trip is that I bumped into an Australian fella a year later who'd been on in uh, the area at the time yeah. that the, that boat had come through and he'd met you and Nath. All right, okay. And, uh, wow. <laughs> and he he talked about you guys as being like rippers. And <laughs> wow. to me, the regardless of what you do in a contest, for me the sort of greatest thing that could ever happen is if one of those world superpowers <laughs> doesn't sort of say, Oh, you surf okay. For someone from, from Wales, Wales yeah, from some, yeah. You know, and to just be told, like, you know, hey, those guys ripped with, like, just indiscriminately told that. And I remember thinking at the time, like, good work, boys. That is properly putting Wales on the map, you know? Yeah, I mean, we would, that was, a, it was a really interesting trip because we had, we had thunders quite big, mm. you know, for us. And we had um, a Mayan Goodwin on the trip who was a pipeline charger. Yeah. Um, uh, he actually got a terrible accident not too long ago. Somebody hit him. Uh, I think it was I can't remember his knee or his head or something like that. But Amayan was, you know, we all looked at Amayan and he, he was an incredible guy. He was like yeah. 21, but he knew more about the water than all of us put together in terms of fishing, sailing, everything, winds, currents. And we all looked at him and he kind of set us on that one of the big days, you know, just that line and how to get chewed. And mm. yeah, it was, it was a good experience. Or before that, then most of your travel was always quite like short stints. Like, was it for yeah, cops or twenty-two days holiday stints? a year? Um, yeah. That's it, and your bank holiday. And so you, you had to make do with that. So if I went to Euros, uh, that was, was twelve days. Right. So yeah. I'd leave, uh, you know. But you managed to get to the North Shore a few times, though. Uh, only the once. Right. And that's probably my one of my biggest regrets. Well, it is definitely one of my biggest regrets, because uh, you know Nath, who who's been, God, you know, I think he's done 11 plus, maybe yeah. 12 seasons. Uh, and he would go, he was going from a young age. Um, and a few of the other boys, like I think Kieran Thompson's been a couple of times, Colin. Yeah. Uh, and the North Shore, if you, if you, if you been there or? I haven't. Yeah. It's, 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 you, it, Rob? It no. is impossible in Rob and I's uh, line of work at the moment. Until, <laughs> yeah. Until they move those semesters around. So I can do Christmas. Yeah, there was. You need a while though, don't you? Do you remember? Well, yeah, you definitely need a while, hundred percent. And do you remember there was a Billabong? I think it was Surfing to Summer, eighties film. Yeah, and there was a guy voiceover. He was like, "Hey yeah. man, no matter who you are, yeah. how good you can surf, you should go to Hawaii. It's the thing to do. And maybe one day you'll bottom turn, set a crisp line, and get a you know the wave of your life. And I, and yeah, that I know it. Yeah, that he's right. He, you must go as a surfer. You owe it to yourself to oh, go to Hawaii. It, it's, it's Even happening. if you sit on the beach. It's happening. Which I did. I've, uh, <laughs> I've concocted various plans to try and get there, uh, a few of which I should probably have to tell you about off air. But, uh, you know, it's it's going to happen. And I'm sure it's going to happen for you as well, isn't it, Rob? Yeah. I, I'd love to go back, but the, I had two weeks there with Nath and, and Richie Sills, who was, you know, oh, yeah. uh, an, an incredible character so this is the, to go this with. This is the guy from Durban, Richie Sills. He's been yeah. a bit of a... Oh, pipeline charger, pipeline charger. Yeah, you told me a really interesting story about Richie Sills in Hawaii concerning uh, yeah some of the big dogs. Yeah, Richie's um, Richie has a reputation in Hawaii. He's got uh, a screw loose. I wouldn't say he's got a screw loose. Richie is very, 
maybe he has. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I didn't know him so much when he was younger, but it, uh, he is uh, just an incredible. I, mean, I, I was in Durban in was it ninety nine or two thousand, and he'd just gone to Hawaii then, and I think he had some terrible accident and his head like stapled together or something. Oh, probably no. And, and and the reputation he had then was like oh, he's a the, absolute the charge. No fear at all. Yeah, I mean, he got ten point ride, and he he, yeah. he had a lot of trouble with the uh, the the hui over there, right. and I. Th- there was a, a situation that result, was resolved with him having had a number of beatings from the Louis. Uh, I think that heat where he got a 10, I think he recalls running down to the heat through the trees and literally grabbing his vest, running in, getting a 10, screaming at the judges and then running out to escape the Huey again. I think there, was, there was, around one of those years, a few mix-ups to do with South Africans and the Huey, wasn't there? Because I think, didn't Elijah Young went to J-Bay and got beaten up by the, the J-Bay underground or something like that? And then there they, was a little... They had it in for other South Africans yeah. from other places. Yeah, I think, yeah, it's, it's, it's the stuff I didn't know nothing about. But yeah. going to the North Shore and meeting up with Silsey, who was... It was it was a reputation, yeah. um, and Nath, who had so much experience. I mean, I felt. Bear in mind, I'm you older go, than both of them. You got a charge. Yeah, bear, I was older than both of them, well, and yeah, I felt and like they Nate, were holding my hand. Up to you for a lot of his sort of surfing life, and uh, you know. Yeah, I think because Nathan and I had done a lot of traveling, we, we were quite even. Other than when we stepped into Hawaii, I was like, wow, I can see like Nath was clearly so much more comfortable everywhere. But the two weeks that had there was just like we got. Every single way, as you can imagine, um, pipe, proper pipe, number of times, sunset, like 12, 15 foot, perfect offshore, Waimea broke, um, you know, got small off the wall, got Rockies, um, didn't go to Haliva, but it's just Jocko's, I was like, Jocko's great, finally a nice tame wave to go and surf. No, Jocko's is really, really, really like solid. <laughs> it's it's a scary place. Pipe just horrendously scary. And you said, but the regret then is what not going more times because it sounds like you've got no regrets of the one time when you did go. Oh no, I, I have regrets of that. This this thing, I wake up at least once a week thinking, oh, why didn't I go in that day? With the three days I didn't go in, um, or I didn't surf uh, pipeline. Um, I've been there four or five days. I think Richie had only arrived the day before. Pipe was breaking third reef. There were two guys in, and it was offshore. And Richie, being Richie, was like, yeah, come on, come on. And he was psyching himself up. And I'm sat there looking at him going, right. He's psyching himself up to go and surf this. And I'm like... My God, you know what? <laughs> he's doing that, and and they's kind of like yeah, yeah, and they've got like seven sixes under their arms, and I'm like whoa. And I I I'd, I'd had my first pipe wave. I dropped in on someone, you know, yeah. two three days before. It freaked me out completely. Six foot wave. I was like dream. Guy, guy. I, I was alongside a guy, and I was kind of looked at him, and I was like yeah, we got this. We're gonna split this peak nicely. I'll go, I'll go pipe. Uh, you you go. Back door and yeah, he, he decided to go the other way, and I was oh my god, it's a horrendous mix-up, and I was just remember being stood. He was a natural foot, I was a goofy foot, just like almost holding hands, looking at each other at the bottom of my first wave of pipe, oh. and I was, I was like my god, I just went straight this into the this beach. Isn't how you saw it? No, <laughs> I was like Rick Kane moment. I'm like, yeah, I was like somebody's gonna be. I was just waiting for the wolf pack to come down and just beat living daylights <laughs> out of me, and then be. 
that's it. It's and I'd be like, that's it. I can't surf anywhere in Hawaii again. And then Silsy and Nate get banned on account oh, of being your mate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, but fortunately, he this guy, he was a traveller or a very, very uh, <laughs> considerate and understanding local. And um, you know, I had my Welsh tan, and he, this guy was typically, you know, he he could have been Hawaiian, but so that experience knocked me a bit, and to then see like pipe like huge uh, and Silsie and Nath went in and I said I'd take photos uh, <laughs> and, uh, and I did uh, yeah and did you get waves? They, 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 Silsie had a few there was a, not many people getting through from second reef right. into like you know first reef pipe because it was just everywhere but the guy surfed Nath had a really good one that went through Silsie had one and, the, and then we went from there over to Wyomere where Silsie was staying watched a bit of that and the boys had a few beers and then we came back to pipe later and it was cleaned up and lined up and it was like you know, 250 of the world's best guys on it and um, so yeah regret I didn't go in that day um, and in fact no there's only two times I didn't surf the other time I didn't surf that true Welsh style Nath I don't know if you remember he had, had a, a terrible accident with a board spear in him in the cheek mm-hmm. um, and we, we went to Aussie had a number of stitches he, he was, his surfing was over for the trip so he went down south uh, down to Waikiki and he hit some bars and met some <laughs> local like proper Polynesian Hawaiians who were on a stag do or Bucks, Bucks night and we got roped into that and we got in at like four in the morning howling howling hangover drunk and then Silsie was like pipe pipe it's on you know next <laughs> day, like on the phone that uh, we no, got there no, and, no, yeah. and it was super west swell which kind of like when it's west it just drains dry on pipe yeah. and picture perfect sun out offshore probably six foot when we got there and I was like right just get through this hangover get through this hangover and then it got like six to eight and then it was like eight to ten and I was like and they said, come on, Vaughan, get out there, get out there, get out there. And I was like, I, I, I don't think I can. I, 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 I'm not in the right mm. headspace here. And then a, a guy died. Oh, wow. Literally. Like, yeah. the bodyboarder got hit with a set and carried out the beach dead. It didn't make it. Gosh. So it was, it was the right decision. But it was still one of those, like, why did we go out it's, and get so drunk? Why didn't we just, like... Nate is a daunting prospect, though, you know, to, to travel with. Because I remember him, him posting a, a, a request not that long ago about a boat trip here. And he said, right couple of spaces going on a boat must be willing to drink anything and go in on everything. <laughs> <laughs> I remember looking at that and thinking, you're all right, <laughs> that's a boat trip, I'll give a miss. Yeah, I mean, I was so lucky going with Nath and... Uh, oops, sorry, I just dropped my uh, phone there. Um, going with Nath and, and meeting up with Silsey because they were able to say, paddle out here, how to get to it. So, yeah, but in the two weeks trying to progress from a Welsh winter, and I, I think I surfed one for Ogmore before... Um, so, uh, and that, that day, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and that day that I, I did a lot of training, I didn't drink and we, we were fit, but that day, we had, I, that last day, I didn't serve pipe, Nate was like, Vaughan, you, you know, it's just like our last day, you, you, you kind of, like, this may be a bit of swell tomorrow, but this is it, and he, he made me go out, at, literally, at sunset, and it was, it was, like, it was 15 foot sets, <laughs> and I was like, whoa. And I had I had an amazing surf. I had an amazing surf. I had a seven six, and it was just a wonderful experience. I'm um, I'm sure that anybody can hear the kind of torture in your voice, but I can see the torture in your eyes as you're talking about those missed days. Back to Nathan, of, of course, one of Lantwit's most infamous surfers, but one of many talents to hail from yeah. the Vale Town, and all forming part of a, a very tight knit surf community. Yeah. 
they must have influenced yourself and they must have pushed you on. Was there, do you credit them to some, some respect with your success? I, th- I think, um, again, growing up, it was as a kid in the 80s, it was all about the, the kids in my class in school. And there was a guy called Chris Northrop who was very competitive with me and Kieran Thompson. And Kieran's a gr- great fan. Chris is still a friend, but we don't see much of each other. But, you know, Chris and I would have fights on the left-hand side. You know, we pummeled me usually, but we'd, mm-hmm. we'd have fights. Uh, and that was always about, you know, who the local sort of bragging rights. But then... Then, yeah, it was, I kind of went out, then it was more local, you know, in terms of perhaps outside Atlantic, but in like Paul Core, Paul Level was a big rival. But, and then I kind of found myself in a weird place where I was on my own for a few years in terms of in the town. There was a lot of good surfers, but perhaps not doing as well competitively, uh, apart from Colin, but he was at a different stage of his surfing. Um, and then Nath, yeah, Nath came along and, uh, and all of a sudden he sort of progressed and, really quickly and um you know Jamie Bateman as mentioned and my brother were, were then all of a sudden they started to get really really good and there was like Colin Garrett and there was a really big group of us and I, I think and other surfers there's a lot of good local surfers and um uh, Chris Fowler Liam uh, Roche really really good surfers but Nath was probably for me I kind of felt that he was leaving me behind probably at one point mm. um and, and then and he did leave me behind but um but he dragged me along as well, and he—he he was. He's been a fantastic friend and and to me, um, and you know that that twenty-one days on a boat trip that was as a result of Nath. I wouldn't have gone on that front because he was so well connected through that late nineties, early noughties. He was he was the man, you know. He was, he was that air game and those trips to Hawaii, and you know you go to France and there'd be. You know, the top French guys would come up and be talking to him. Yeah. He just walked past me, well, most of them anyway. Um, so, yeah, he, he he dragged me along, and, and we've done a lot of trips surfing good ways. And, uh, yeah, thanks to Nathan, I think. There was I'd... a period of time as well, I, I guess around that same kind of period, late 90s into the early 2000s, where the Welsh squad pretty much comprised the full uh, lineup of the point. At <laughs> yeah, we, we went to a Euros in... Praia Grande in uh, Portugal. Praia Grande. I'm not quite sure how you would pronounce it. Greg Owen was there, though, wasn't he? So there was Greg. Yeah, there was. It was six. There was six uh, open surfers then uh, for a team Euro team, and we had myself, uh, Jamie, Nathan, uh, and and Colin. Uh, now my, my brother could have probably walked into that team as well if he had. And Steve <laughs> Phillips must have been there. With Steve him Phillips again, yeah, yeah. God, Steve, I, Steve, a great surfer, really, really talented, mm. um, and there'd be other guys I've missed. We just had a really good crew, but that that year was incredible because I think Greg and it might have been Swino maybe. Uh, it was ninety nine, yeah, ninety nine, probably Swino or Matt Stevens, something like that, and Greg. It was a great trip because it was, and we had Gwyn Bright with us. And there was this little bar from the beach that we would stop at after the uh, after a day surfing because we obviously all got knocked out pretty quickly by Europe's <laughs> finest. And it, halfway up the hill, and we'd have a load of. It was the first time we did like, sort of drunk Corona, and uh, <laughs> then one day we decided that the surfer got sufficiently better that we should leave the bar and then go back down to the <laughs> beach. And it was anyone that knows that particular beach knows it's it's. It's not a lightweight beach break. It picks up pretty much every swell in going in Portugal. And, and every wind. Yeah. And, oh, my God, we could, we were howling and, you know, I don't think some of our surfing reflected that in front of Europe's finest. Well, yeah, you know, I was 
minded as a as a Porth Corley, someone who's who's been a rival of you guys, you know, to call it the Lantwit effect. Um, but actually, you know, you're uh, you're you're mentioning there that it's it's certainly a wider factor of Welsh or British surfing. Um, the pub, you know, that is that is a thing that that you know our surf cultures have had to contend with, come to terms with, uh, embrace. Um, mm. I don't know exactly where we stand on it. I remember going down to a British Cup with you guys. Uh, no, 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 a British Interclubs with you guys. Oh, that was we Atlantic lost, weekend away as well. <laughs> yeah, we, lost, we lost to you guys in that contest. And I remember we were leading on Saturday. And then on Sunday, you overtook us. Well, we'd we been to the pub to, the night before. And, and you'd all been to Western Supermare. I think you arrived late because you'd been down bailing somebody out down at the local police station or something. Oh, we, the interclubs became... You know, yeah. A, 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 well, I remember driving home from that contest on the Sunday evening and, and all of us were looking around thinking, what happened? We, we literally got robbed. You know, It was like an Alex Ferguson job on us or something. You know, like Kevin Keegan. And uh, somebody pointed out and said, do you know what they did? They beat us. Because they took us on a night out, and it was a kamikaze <laughs> night out to get rid of to get rid of us. Because you guys knew we, how we to out do drink, it. we out drank the opposition. Yeah, we, to, we I think um, I mean, we were spearheaded by Jock once again. Who yeah. ev- every single outing with Jock yeah. is always about beer games and drinking. I mean, uh, he's great company, great fun, but probably. Um, yeah, it, it might have done better in contest without him on occasion, but on that one, it worked. It worked an absolute treat. <laughs> in the same way as, what's it? You know, we 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 used the football analogy just then. You know, '97, Arsene Wenger turns up, and everybody else says, "Oh, not fair." He's he's put tape over the team bar, yeah, and all of a sudden his teams start to win, and then any team that wants to compete with them has to get rid of that. You have been on record as saying that um, your contest results started to improve significantly when you stopped going out the night before yeah uh, that's, that's is there a correlation a hundred percent i mean uh, <laughs> anyone that knows me it knows i i enjoy a swig uh well you're currently <laughs> enjoying a swig of zero yeah beer. i've uh I've, yeah this year i've i don't know why just again but probably flipping nath again uh inspired me he went like something like two-thirds of a year without drinking and right. Right, at the start of this year, I went dry January, and and then it's carried on. It's carried on, and I've got like I might actually be able to beat Nate at something, but uh, it's not for any for me. It's no reason other than going without it. It's never really troubled me. I've never had a um, you know problem with drinking anyway, but it's I do enjoy a swig. Yeah. But and as I said, the land to it philosophy was the Welsh Nationals was always a weekend away and you got caught up in that but as people got older and they started to have kids and I won the Welsh first when I was 32 as I said well that's because yeah. most of the guys would were, were like oh I don't want to go to the Welsh I've done that I'm doing something different so yeah there wasn't that trapping of drinking but it's you, you say it's it's a UK thing. Has it been to the detriment of some Welsh and British surfers though you think that that party culture has it held us back as a nation Oh, without without doubt, I think. I mean, if when you look at what's going on, I mean, you just from my limited overseas competitive experience, uh, the, the European nations and their culture is it was very different. Anyway, mm. we may have caught up slightly uh, in terms of the drinking hour change. Right, it certainly made a difference. Uh, you know, having twenty four hour drinking means you know. You, Youngsters these days don't charge to the pub for seven o'clock yeah. and drink as much as possible because at eleven o'clock it's shutting and that you know, kids don't go out to like eleven o'clock these days. I was like, mm. what? I was like, you should be blind drunk by now. <laughs> um, you know that that was the kind of mentality. 
And, you know, it's, it took me a while to realise that that wasn't the best preparation, and regrettably. Um, but, but you watch, mine. we're leaving the European Union, it'll probably go back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, God help us. But I think you, you look at the kids now, and because of maybe that cultural change in terms of socially in this country, and in terms of, I mean, I look at people like Logan, Pat, uh, you know, Joe Morris, uh, Key Hughes, those those kids and 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 others. I mean Logan, I, I, I see a lot of, and he, he he's constantly training. He doesn't yeah. drink. They're, they've got a much more professional. Yeah, and of course, attitude. Emily Williams, who we spoke and yeah, we spoke to, you know, has now gone into triathlon, hasn't she? Mm-hmm. Let, let's put you on the spot at this point then, right? Because this is an ongoing crest debate, right? Mm. The jockification of, of surf culture, right? <laughs> right, OK. I, 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 me and Rob, we're, we, we've set ourselves up as, opposite, as opposites here. You know, I, I'm on the side of the jocks here. Rob's on the side of those, those purists. You know, where are you? Are you, are, you, are, you, are you more jock now? Well, I should give a bit of background information here as well because we can't actually decide on a definition of jockification. It's kind of like, it's more of a vibe. It's just but, something Joel Tudor said. Well, no, 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 no. It's, <laughs> it's not. But anyway, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a movement bigger than Tudor. But I spoke to my sister this week. I spoke to my sister this week and she'd listened to the Gwen episode where it first got aired and she kind of provided a definition very succinctly and it was something along the lines of um, the jockification of surfing is making surfing into... Us, like one of the like a, a football kind of thing where yeah. and it kind of it means forgetting or ignoring to some extent the kind of culture that comes along with surfing uh, yeah so it, yeah it, it's everything becomes a brand and a business exactly. and, a, and, and all that kind of thing and it, surfing is unique in that sense mm-hmm. isn't it in terms of its cultural roots and the whole uh, I know it you don't need a, a stadium and an audience you just need to yeah, you know, boardies and a board. Yeah, pair of and boardies a and a board. Helps if it's a sunset. Doesn't matter if the, what time of year. No, I, I, I've. Yeah, the we're going to come to that. We're going to come to that. The boardies thing, I thought it gets late. <laughs> yeah, we're coming time. <laughs> Where are you then? Drop culture in, in coming into surfing a good thing? Uh, not for the. Not for, I mean. You're talking uh, about these. I, I mean, I like. Athletes, they train. Yeah, I mean, look. It's where you want, per, where you personally want surfing to go. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of divided opinion out there. I mean, I, the, the whole Olympics in the surfing. You're uh, into that. Sorry, the Olympics, surfing in the Olympics, rephrase that. Um, I'm a pro I, I, yeah. of that. I, I've really, I can't wait to see surfing in the Olympics. But you speak to surfers out there, it divides opinion massively. And if you trawl those online websites, yeah. especially something like Surfline, and you see oh, the comments rabbit, after the beach grips. Oh and, yeah. my god, there's some of the people that are like, Oh, it's so bad, it's awful, it's all about money and all this kind of thing. But I'm a competitor, I've, I'm, I love competition, so I, I yeah, I, I personally don't think it's a bad thing. In that vein, we've talked about your contest successes, but now, how about <laughs> any regrets as a well within your surf career? Besides, besides that day in Hawaii, obviously. <laughs> it's interesting you call it a surf career because uh, uh, I don't think my I earnings a, I <laughs> would suggest it's a career. Um, but yeah. Well, why isn't it? Well, I guess. Um, look, I, I, personally, I, I probably didn't have enough confidence in my own ability. Perhaps I didn't have enough guidance. So, say, Lantic wasn't uh, a surfing community in that sense, like. Perhaps Swansea, Porthcawl, Newquay, Croyd, uh, those sorts of places. So I didn't really have anyone just kind of, once I had that good year in my 17, 18 
now if anyone can kind of go, right, what you should do next is this, that kind of stepping stone. Mm. And, you know, I, I was straight into work at 17, as I said, and, you know, that was, um, you know, I wasn't from a surfing family, and like you, you guys are, and um, perhaps, yeah, maybe, I, you know, I, yeah, do I regret not having a crack at maybe going a little bit further and making it a career? Um, so you mean going on tour? Yeah, me, you know, competing, I competing abroad, going on a, on one of the circuits. Yeah, I mean, what, was I good enough? Honestly, the EPSA would have been around. Yeah, there, the EPSA. I mean, there was quite a few well surfers: Brian Humphreys, Anthony Stora. They mm. all had a crack at it. Uh, Nath obviously went on and yeah. had some success. Um, and I saw who uh, guys I looked up to, perhaps mm. like people like Sam Lamroy, who were on yeah. tour and yeah. did okay. Um, but you know, having grown up surfing against Russell primarily, and and Spencer was a year or so old, and I didn't really touch Spencer because he was so good, so young. He was already, a, you know, mm. off doing his thing. So being against Russell, maybe I could have got dragged along with that, and mm. maybe, yeah, I perhaps should have given it a, a two, three year crack. But that would have meant, in perhaps my family's eyes, of doing something that perhaps wasn't very constructive in terms of you know setting yourself up for where I am in now in life which is is probably on reflection the right decision but yeah because you were quite probably settled. an itch there that I, I didn't get you were quite settled quite early weren't you in life you know early, yeah I had a house by 20. 22 23 yeah. uh, and you know I had kids was my late 20s when which is unusual born. for um, most surfers yeah the commitment is uh, yeah. isn't something they you know do uh, easily but yeah, it was so that that you know as you know a career. I think I've managed to forge a career in being present for a very long time. <laughs> yeah, the longevity. <laughs> so your longevity, which has started in My the eighties. My old man. Um, I remember him telling me this story about uh, coming up to you in the car park at Lanto and telling you to go on tour, and you were uh, <laughs> yeah. shrift for that. Yeah, your your dad. Bob, bless him, he used to say a lot, well, I'd say a lot probably three times. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't hear it from anybody else, so um, I, I think, in fact, I had a conversation with you, I recall, Tom, where you, you said one day that uh, to me, going back a few years, that you could pass as a reasonable pro, and I'd say it as a compliment, and uh, <laughs> uh, so... Probably, probably depends what it was said. If it was said at the interclubs, it might. I have must been have been at the bar. Yeah. <laughs> it was. Uh, it was probably just after Captain Dad Aussie that I said I bumped into. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, but it, it's funny. Uh, it, you know, people. You're right. People from other countries do judge a surfing, and uh, I, I, a funny incident, a, a failing, was jumping out at Lennox Head, which anyone knows. Surf Lennox Head knows it's. Yeah. It's a. It's, it's a, a hard, it's a treacherous jump off, and we've been in that. You know, my brother and I had stayed with a guy called Tim Cochran and um, and Jared Sullivan, who was, uh, Sully, was a, yeah, he was a really he, good surfer. He was staying in Lanto for a while. Yeah, he was. Uh, and they took us surfing down Lennox and oh, I jumped off the rocks and I leash caught and I had the full mid-air retracted yeah. back very sharply by my leash that was stuck around the rocks. And I, I kind of thought, oh, you know what, I'm going to get trashed here. So I literally took my leash off and got washed down the point. And apparently, my brother and Tim, who had a very distinct laugh, so we were sat on the bench at the water's, you know, kind of on the, 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 the uh, overlooking the break there, were, were laughing, like, I could hear them laughing. And apparently one guy's kind of saying, who's that guy getting drilled along there? And they're like, 
oh, you might have seen him. Yeah. And, and oh, yeah, that, that guy says really well. <laughs> I know, but what's he doing? Yeah. <laughs> Just like getting kooking it out. Take the surf run away. Ah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think the same happened to Slater at Wyoming, sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but, yeah, I've thing. seen Parkinson. <laughs> something happened to Joel Parkinson. Yeah, it's on Free as a Dog. Heads, on free as a Dog, yeah. yeah. yeah so, it can happen. But I guess competitively, there is, you know, I mean, I've won a Welsh, I've won a British, couple of British titles, uh, so that's nice. Uh, it would have been nice to win a British Open title, but that was never an itch. But a European title would have been mm. nice. And having made a Euro Junior final, got fourth, Russell and the Acero brothers did me off there. And then I've made a senior Euro final and got second, and that's probably... And took off on a wave with like 30 seconds to go and, and just did the worst forehand off the top, followed by a section that screamed air and I did a floater. Oh, and so it was like that pain in your face again as you're telling us this. Bit. Uh, 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 with, uh, the worst, I like it. I'm enjoying watching all of this. It's like I cannot explain. I, I've never ever cried after a, a contest. You know, I'm usually, you know, I'm used to losing a lot. <laughs> but I, I, that broke me because the worst thing was is that um, uh, the, the, the vest I was handed uh, because there was heat after heat and the vest I was handed was stinking of booze because the previous surfer had just won a European title uh, <laughs> and so I literally put it on and I was like this is a, this is a great omen the smell <laughs> of success uh, and I was like quick sip this is rather nice uh, so and it was a it, a, a very obtainable European title in some respects, with no disrespect to the surfers there, because one or two of the, the guys had got knocked, and we didn't have a French surfer that year. Um, so who did win it? Any uh, no, no, it was uh, it was a Portuguese surfer whose name was oh, he won it like three years in a row, Paulo. Oh, it'll come to me in a minute, but yeah, he, he won it three years in a row, the seniors, and I. I just knew um, it was Scott Eastwood was in the final, uh, John McCarthy from Ireland um, was in the final, you know, and I, weirdly, John, the three, like, and John's not British, but he's close enough, <laughs> you know, and we, we, we were all bunched together having this kind of, like, tussle where we'd let the Portuguese guy go and get whatever wave he wanted, but I got a really good right and, and kind of fell on the last turn, but that, that put me in a good position, and having won all the heats prior, that that coming out and knowing that even in the last 30 seconds if I got it in Cara and Nath was filming it and he's like he's going to do an air he's going to do an air and I can hear the ebb of disappointment as I did a safe floater and it got like a 3.5 that it deserved and not the 4.8 I needed yeah. or whatever and mate it's being on that podium in second place and you got Dudley next to you who's just won his second European title <laughs> and he's all like muscles and hair and slickness <laughs> and you're like know that you're going to be back to work on Monday and probably never surfing for another six months. Oh, I've made it just gutted not to have won that, that yeah. title. Yeah, a title, the European title. So, yeah, that, that one's probably the one that hurts the most. How did you know you weren't going to win it in 2003, though, when it got called off by the series? <laughs> probably because I was walking down to the heat. I mean, that, uh, with Potts, Martin Potter, <laughs> who was surfing so for England. He, he probably was in 2003, just maybe. Um, I mean, that was 
Uh, yeah, and with the Sean Holmes, like the Sean Holmes from oh, South this Africa. This was after he'd, he'd had some large deposit in his account to go and surf for Italy, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, he, he, he was, was busy knocking people out of the JB contest as a wild card. As it was, yeah, as it was Sean Holmes in his in his pomp. I mean, yeah, it, but you'd have done him in those those. Ways. <laughs> it was weird that Gran Canaria event. I got on such a roll, and the teams were full teams. Yeah, okay. There was a few of the t- very top guys away on either CT or QSG. I can't remember what, but there was household names there, um, and it was. I just got in a roll and found myself in the semi-finals main event last eight, and yeah, this, say this, this the sewage outlet happened thing. But it was, it was weird. I was because before that moment, we I was walking down to the beach with Martin Potter, just the two of us. And, you know, he'd been around. He was with the English team and kind of saw him and had a chat with him and here and there. And he he was coaching me on, like, hey, you know, Vaughn, if, if we're smart here, we can, you know, tactically, I'll go, you go kind of thing. And I'll, I'll, I'll you know, shivvy the line up and then you come back. And I was, he's like, do you fancy doing it? And I was like, I, I would have no idea what to do. So I was just like, oh. and I was like, is he trying to play me? So he's yeah. like, because he's thinking, Christ, I can't lose to this like old Welsh <laughs> bloke. At that point, he can't lose <laughs> yeah, to Yeah, so he can't lose to me. Um, but yeah, seeing Sean Holmes is there. It's, it's funny, we'd met Sean Holmes only a, a few years previous when I went to South Africa with my brother. Nathan knew him as well, didn't he? Yeah, Nate knew him a little bit, I think, but he was. Um, we've, my brother and I went to uh, South Africa, went up to Jeffrey's and we were, we got friendly with Derek Hind. <laughs> and we were at Derek Hind's house and there was like Frankie Oseberger and... Oberholzer. Uh, yeah, and, um, and, and, and Shaw and all these other guys. And it was like, whoa. And we were like, because just random Welsh guys. Derek Hind did turn up in Lanter, didn't he? Yeah. When uh, he was doing that Red Bull comp or something. Yeah, yeah, he did. He yeah. did. And, if he took, and Nate went on that Red Bull tour, did the Cape yeah. Town big wave towing yeah. thing. So... Uh, yeah, that that yeah, that was gutting in terms of I never had the chance to surf against a world champion and maybe 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 have my day. But I was on such a roll, I felt that mm. you know the final was there for the taking, and it, it didn't happen. So that was that was very disappointing. Yeah, Tom alluded uh, alluded to it. Oh, so hang on, sorry, I just hated to add because it didn't happen. Technically, I finished first in uh, equal in first. Euro- equal Alongside first. A former world champion. Yeah, so I, I have a European Open title champion. <laughs> it would have been remiss of us not to mention that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, bizarrely, again, that that I hadn't even like got to the Welsh final. I think at that point, so it was quite an achievement at the time. Uh, Tom alluded to it earlier on. And I think it's fair to say that you're considered somewhat of a, a contest animal. And <laughs> your results coming in all sorts of conditions, but you're, uh, although trim, and you're fighting fit, Mark. Thank you you're very a, much, You're Rob. a bigger guy. And like, <laughs> yes. like me, I'd imagine that you'd probably rather compete in good conditions. And you happen to be at that Thurzo event. I say that Thurzo mm. event when, well, it was quite literally flawless surf, wasn't it? And you were in it. Yeah, I, I, it, it, it was... <laughs> not quite to plan nah it wasn't it was uh, again it was one of those saw the chart and was like I can't miss this this is too good and I think I drove up on the Friday I think it may have started on a Friday so I just drove up the Thursday night that's right to be there for the Friday and nobody thought it would go take place on the Friday because Saturday was going to be cooking um, absolute perfect Thursday swell and um, yeah they decided to run Round one off, and they'd run some of the kids stuff on the on the Thursday on the East Coast, which was again flawless conditions, 
and they'd run a couple of heats of the open for anyone it was around but yeah they it was two three foot really really gutless weak thurso and i got knocked round one nightmare tired driven up the night before you know all the kind of things that are not great contest prep everyone else had, had been up there for a week getting used to the water the cold and uh, and then the next day it was Perfect. six to eight foot six foot mostly but eight foot sets now and again flawless perfect thurso and watching all the boys get shacked in heats but it was the interesting thing about that was the swell that was due didn't arrive in the morning so you had the full contents contest contingent all like down there early first like to get a wave and it was flat it was like deadpan flat and um i was sat in the car and i was like are those lines i was like there's there's some lines coming there's some lines they're, they're definitely lines <laughs> uh, so i suited up and went and matt knight who was there uh, uh was peony's dad and uh he, he he was he saw the same thing as i did and we were we were out there, the two of us, and it had not even a wave had broken. And then suddenly, out of nowhere, this like four or five foot set just hit the lineup. And there was for half an hour until everyone was like <laughs> in the car park, you could just see all this activity. Yeah. And I just had this lovely, perfect little backhand tube. And uh, I was like that. So, and, and a few serves before and, and after the event, and uh, a couple of bagpipes as well, which made the, the trip worthwhile. <laughs> so, uh, Talking not of, the contest. Talking <laughs> of bagpipes, would, mm. I, would it be fair to say that you still more than fancy your chances in uh, in good conditions or heavy conditions, perhaps hollow frontside tubular conditions for you against some of the uh, the current crop of young whippersnappers? Uh, <laughs> I think um, I would have a better chance. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, the, the youngsters of the Welsh crop, I mean, Barfield is... Welsh, yeah. uh, speaks uh, fluent Welsh. He's born in uh, uh, Midwest Wales on the coastline there, near Aberystwyth, way, I think. And uh, I so mean, he Reece is. Barfield. Yeah, Reese Barfield. He is. He, he, he's solid at mm. bagpipes. You know, I wouldn't want to eat against him. Yeah. He's, he's, and I've, we've had some great service up there, me and him. It's, it's been really nice, actually. And um, and you know, people like Pat Logan um, and Joe and and something Kieran and, and some of the others and. You know, I know Rudder went up there yeah, <laughs> last year one, yeah. and had the experience Rudder of... Rather. Yeah, and, and those boys will catch up pretty quick. Yeah. yeah, and they're still young, and I'm sure. But, yeah, I'd, I'd probably fancy it, as long as Nate doesn't enter. <laughs> where, where does that, that comfort in, in... I mean, like we said earlier, Atlantic's got a variety of waves, and I suppose you've got many chokes, but where does that, <laughs> where does that comfort in the, the front side tube come from? Um, I think... Uh, I got I got a when I was a kid, I got a really good tube at Monk Nash, um, a frothy white watery three four footer that ran for about four or five seconds that was captured on film, and that kind of give you know you, you can be defined by a moment, and I was only fifteen maybe fourteen fifteen and that kind of yeah I was fifteen and uh, that defined me as being oh Vaughan he, he likes tubes and that was. Mm. Um, but my biggest issue with getting tubed was that I couldn't get to my feet very quickly, um, and that, uh, and that was again perhaps a, a big O to Tim Jones who taught me uh, and Ian Simpson who was coach at the time and Herbie, and Linda, but Tim mostly flogged me to to death to prone to feet on the floor in the gym to learn to eradicate that get up off the one knee and uh, that changed my serving completely at the 17 18 to have that quick takeoff and that you know tube there and that's something i've always hunted and 
when I did my first Indo trip in 96, having four days at macaronis in just flawless macaronis, that taught me that I wasn't as good as I thought I was by a long, long way. Yeah, yeah I'm not even going to touch on backhand because I'm atrocious. But forehand, it was, that taught me some things. And then I just went away and worked on that, I guess. And then, yeah, those ways have become more apparent. And, of course, if, that, if, if those are formative years, you know, the age of 15, 16, 17... What else is forming that mindset then? You know, sort of what, what what's the role that perhaps um, friendships in school or peer pressure, you know, like, like you, you kind of wanting to impress parents or things like that. Are these also going on alongside that kind of finding that? What, now? Or, 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 no, back then when you're 15, 16. Oh, 17. certainly. I mean, you know, I, I was, you know, as Colin Bright refers to me as, I was a, uh, let's say, very confident young man. <laughs> uh, and that was knocked out of me at quite a young age. Uh, by my uh, school peers um, and they made me realise who that uh, other, most of them were very close friends but one or two were um, and that made me realise that I wasn't uh, I needed to be more humble yeah. <laughs> um, and that, that actually was quite a, it was a life changing event for me I would say um, having a beating and you know it was amusing it really amusing it amuses me now because uh being at a party and a load of kids wanting to um tie me well they like, nail me down and try trying to shave my um hair off my lower uh, <laughs> areas my nether regions but i was only a kid and i didn't have any but you couldn't say that in school because <laughs> that would be like a death sentence for uh like being mick taken so now i got like growing everywhere <laughs> back ears <laughs> i mentioned parents as well you know that the day you come home from that tube in monk nash could you say to your parents like oh, I, got, I got shacked in monkey today like, uh, what did they want you to, to do to be age? fair to, well, well, my, my parents with career you know that with, surfing wasn't a career path then not legitimately and whilst uh, we'd been down to Anglet in uh, and Cavalier in 1990 and seen Tom Curran who was living there at the time and my parents got a, a taste of a scene professionalism and, and we went up to Hossegor and saw the event that was on at the time it it still wasn't you know I, <laughs> I don't think it was seen as a, a, a the right career choice for me put it that way so but they they would often would they were brilliantly supportive in terms of filming us as kids mm. I mean, endless and they liked you winning things oh yeah I think my parents are your parents are always proud of you aren't mm. they so um, I believe my, my parents are proud of me so you do still like to put a jersey on against a youngster nowadays but you're not I think since the 2011 Welsh win you've sort of been you know you're in every category and having a laugh in the heats you know and uh, how, how, did that sort of give you some give that competitive urging you a little bit of closure to I think you said earlier it took the monkey off, off your back wasn't it yeah winning the Welsh you know 2007 then it was a few more I made a couple of finals then in 2011 was like land to it and then I, I won one more in 2013 after yeah. um, my I had spinal surgery yeah. and to come back and win after that was like you know three wins open titles yeah uh, and that monkey off the back and in terms of competitively I didn't feel that perhaps pressure to tr must must get a result this year must get a, at least two or three results to keep sponsors happy because that's then started doing things like you know going to serve better more heavier ways to try and get footage or photos which work quite well to appease sponsors and mm. that little logo on the end of my board 
I've always felt comes with a responsibility of logos, you know. So this is Quicksilver, quick well, with whom you've been partnered for a very long time. Yeah, I've, I've been for Quick with Quick rather for a, coming up for 20 years. And uh, I mean, that, that whole thing with Quick and, um, and FCS as well uh, came about thanks to, to Liam, uh, Liam O'Shea, who's been a big noise in the industry for a long time and I'm very grateful to Liam for his his introduction um introducing me into quick and that it's opened a lot of doors for me and, and uh, yeah I feel responsibility to to Quicksilver and FCS and John who makes my boards of anyone that puts any anything behind me that um so and, and, Johnny Perry, yeah and, and FCS they, all those people I mean John especially has been in and John is not a multi-billion-dollar company. He's, he's been more than generous to me, uh, and I, I'm, I'm very grateful for his support. I think with Quick, there is an, an extra responsibility. It's probably the most globally recognised brand in terms of surfing. So, uh, yeah, um, so yeah, it's been uh, it's a good thing. What's still to do in surfing then? What are your uh, you know, I, I still, I mean, going back to that question, do I still want to compete? Yes. Do I still want to beat some of these kids? Yes. But, you know, when I turn up the beaches knee high, then, you know, I'm like, I can't compete with Pat, for example, in knee high. So if he's going to totally trounce me, but if it's solid, maybe, but what's still left, uh, I, you know, I still dream of maybe one more Welsh title if the ways are right, but more so I want to. You know, this year I was hoping to do, and part of the no drinking thing, I had a bit of um, buying us. Get a seven ten off John. And I saw a very large surfboard. Yeah. Barely fit in the room. Well, I, I, I had a go at the cribber last year, and uh, you know, it was probably a bit late for me at my age, but um, I had a go at the cribber, almost drowned. That was amusing. <laughs> uh, snapped my board. Me and Nate went out. We got. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, you know, you look at the cribber as a novelty wave. You see some folks think, "Oh, it's just a big lump," but it, it's a big lump of heavy moving water, and it su- took me by surprise. I went into it lightheartedly and had a bit of a tune in, and almost to the fact that somebody called the coast guard because my board had snapped. I was trying to swim in Tower side against the forty mile hour offshore, and I had to do a you know swim north to swim back in to get to the cliff where the rip was just running so strong. And anyway, no light, no no coast guard involved, but. Uh, and I felt this year that no, don't drink, try and give yourself a chance to go and serve ways like money, maybe. I mean, that's a regret. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah you, you, you tell a good story about seeing, watching Mullet Moore pretty heavy. At yeah. Some I, I, I remember you saying to me that you didn't regret going in, though, because it took everyone in there 45 <laughs> minutes to catch a wave. It's, it's one of those weird, that, again, it's, it's the, the pipe the experiences, Hawaiian experiences, then find yourself in Mully a few years later, um, quite a few years later and it was sun puffing offshore not huge mully god you know 10 maybe 15 foot sets you know it's not huge just breaking really um and i, I was again i was staying with richie fitz uh gerald john mccarthy was i was met, met up with and he was like oh you know come on we're going out and uh, i was like oh mate i've got like a two six threes in the car he's like oh here's a seven ten i was like oh um <laughs> but I'd, I'd, I'd got off the ferry the night before i'd driven through the night I'd slept in the car i'd surf for eight hours that day it's and i hadn't right surfed for three weeks and i was like it's the right decision you know what I, i'm just i'm not gonna get away and I, I haven't watched for three hours nobody did i think john got one and two or three other guys and a garage was there a g-man and he was riding with quick at that time we were, yeah we were both sat there and, and he was young and 
we've both been enjoying pumping Bandoran and, and Pampa as well. And mm. I was like, you, you're going out? And, and, and he was Eminem and Aaron, and he, he was young at that time. Now, now look at him. And that's Ripping through QS seats, he was in a pretty good position when uh, the yeah. QS stopped this year. Pampers is still on you, in your crosshairs. Yeah, that, those, 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 you know, Pamper, there's one or two spots I've got my eye on up north, which are not on the, the, the kind of known map of surfing. <laughs> Um, any competitive goals? I mean, you, you've you've technically hung up the international jersey, but is there any circumstance in which you'll surf in a competition uh, on foreign shores again? I'd never, you know, if I uh, got a quick invite to the <laughs> you know, Macaroni's Pro, I'd be straight on that flight, even in a COVID outbreak. But uh, I think, um, yeah, I'd, I'd, uh, maybe a, a world masters or something in so you might and, get and to a, surf against some legends as well the, 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 yeah I'd love to surf against my, my, a couple of my you know heroes you've got unfinished hockey. business with Potts obviously yeah <laughs> yeah Potts and Sean Holmes are they, they they got away lightly but <laughs> I, I don't know I think um, yeah I would like that perhaps masters in, in the right venue it would have to be not so much about who's surfing against yeah. but the, the right venue and as you know, Rob, I hung up my... Uh, well, I was going to say, you better not say that you're going to go back in because we had a party. Yeah, we had a retirement party in... Uh, Good bunting and everything. Yeah, yeah in, in, in Biarritz for the world. And you're going to be a dad again. Yes. Well, yeah. have you checked your phone? Because it might have happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been on silent. That's a good point. Uh, no messages. That's good. I mean, uh, yeah, I've, I've already blessed to have three wonderful children and... and uh, yeah, now I've got another on the way. I mean, it's, Josh is my eldest who absolutely loves the road trip. I mean, never known anyone who doesn't even surf be happy to sit in the car, to drive all the way to Thurso to then just sit in the car and watch me surf. Bless him. And Isabel, who's, uh, she's just a wonderful, beautiful young lady and surfs a bit. Um, I enjoy my time with her and hopefully she does with me. And then I've got little Phoebe. She's only one. Uh, we had quite a dramatic arrival for her last year, which you may recall. Mm, and do, yeah, yeah that, was, that was for Beth, my partner. It was a life-changing experience. I mean, I've I've got to be fair to Beth. She's been through a, a hell of a, a couple of years, and uh, she's had a real torrid time again with pregnancy. And uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just um, a pillar of strength, and I'm very proud of her and very lucky. So uh, as I am with all my family members, brother, mother, father extended family it's uh, a very lucky guy but Phoebe's just magical and then um, we don't know what we're having so whatever this next one is that's going to be a great surprise and uh, that'll happen in the next uh, month <laughs> so, Phoebe um, aware of what's happening she's she sort of around about I, enough to get excited I, I, we, we've got to walk in where hopefully we can get a potty trained in the next month <laughs> <laughs> good luck with that thanks Tom finally then Mark when we spoke the other day, you were kind of pondering how you're perceived by the, the wider surf community. I, I think <laughs> the, the local Lantwick community will leave you in no doubt how you're perceived. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But uh, you were wondering whether people think you're an overachiever or an underachiever. But let me tell you that you were perceived as the lunatic that wears board shorts <laughs> throughout the year. Uh, I, I think the whole reason I said that to you is because I'm like, who's, who's going to listen to me talk for an hour yeah. or so? But yeah. They'll be listening to get to this bit. This is the, yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is the, the incentive boardies. to carry the boardies, on listening. On our the boardies. at the beginning, we're going to have 
bawdy enthusiast. <laughs> well, uh, there's probably an, an multiple reasons. One, I don't catch a lot of ways. Two, I need to lose weight. Uh, and they're two excellent ways of losing yeah. weight and catching more ways to keep warm. Uh, and if I'm really honest, perhaps there was a little fraction of a bit of trying to keep that that little sponsorship exposure going in some way <laughs> and, and it worked because i finally got an interview with steve and a car no, and, and, uh, i've been pushing for that for 30 years so i got there in the by end by any means yeah yeah sometimes you gotta you gotta do stupid things because you do wear those things up till like what is it october are you still in you're in november though, weren't you, weren't you? I, I went december um, yeah, I went ju- December the. And now 14th. you told me because I surfed the other day in boardies, and you said, "Hang on, no, that's not boardies. You're wearing a neoprene jacket." Oh, you Your idea of boardies is just boardies. Oh yeah, they're like neoprene jackets. That's that's cheating. I, <laughs> that's I, January stuff. Yeah, I mean, I, I last year I went boardies from April to about October, the pre maybe November. The previous year was yeah, and there will be the odd occasion. I'm like, ah, oh, I'm not fancy boardies today. I mean, I had a week of it. My guts were raw after that hot spell. So I've, I've done neoprene today. So, but yeah, boardies is the way forward for sure. Surf better as well. You're quicker, looser. Yeah. Well, Mark, I have to say a big thanks to you to, uh, for being our guest today. Ah, oh, thank you guys. It's been a pleasure. How have you? <laughs> yeah, I was say, how have you enjoyed the the Crest experience? Ah, uh, well, it's. Uh, I'm gonna. I, I'm dreading listening to back to how awful I sound and. Uh, but yeah, it's it's been fascinating. I've never done anything like this, so um, I would recommend it to anyone. Well, pleased you enjoyed. <laughs> and if you've enjoyed listening in, then do shout about it from the rooftops, listeners. There's a strong summer roster of guests to come, and plans to further this jocks versus purist debate in, shall we say, some more pugilistic circumstances. For more on that, a quick word from Tom. Yeah, so we've had plenty of warm feedback from listeners on the Surf Trip Nightmares specials. It's clear that you guys do love a one-off change to the formula from time to time. And so that is what's going to happen in a couple of episodes' time, after we've let this debate simmer just a little more. We're going to hold an official episode in which we debate the issue formally. We're going to bring in a purist, a jock, and a judge to help us decide once and for all who has won for that hour, at least. That's the, uh, the Mitchell and Webb uh, sketch, isn't it? The football one. Uh, well, it, it has never been decided who has won the football. Nah, never yeah. heard of it. Never heard of it. Uh, anyway, that episode, when it comes to fruition, along with this one and all our back issue, can be found on YouTube through Apple Podcasts or Spotify as standard. Subscribe, why don't you? And then you won't miss a minute. We also love feedback via email, castcrest at gmail.com, or on our Instagram. And uh, if I can point out that we are in receipt of all the stories that have been sent to us so far, and we're collecting them up to have a little look at what to do with some travel episodes down the line. So thanks. If you haven't had a reply from us yet, we've read them and we've enjoyed them, and they're going to get used. We're also in the water every now and then too, so if you listen, say hi and tell us what you think. And the subject of our next episode is also in the water from time to time at places like Chopu. Yes, you heard me right. You may have heard of the Welshman who rode Tahiti's famous end-of-the-road slab after Carve ran a big feature at uh, the end of his mammoth round-the-world surf expedition. Well, we'll be hearing about that and more from the proverbial horse's mouth as Rob Miles joins myself and Ellie in another garden studio spectacular. The stoke will again be running high and pure. Until then, thanks for listening. Thanks for warning, for coming. No problem. Thank you for having me, guys. See you guys soon. Bye, bye. One, two, three.